Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs brought to you by Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Hi, I'm Emily, and I own Indie Shopography, where I help passionate entrepreneurs establish and grow their business online by helping them build brands that attract and websites that sell. I help my clients launch their business so they can do more of what they love and make money doing it. And I'm Kathleen. I'm the co-owner of Braid Creative, where I specialize in branding and business visioning for creative entrepreneurs who want to blend who they are with what they do, narrow in on their core genius, and shape their content so they can position themselves as experts to attract more dream clients. And Being Boss is a podcast where we're talking shop, giving you a peek behind the scenes of what it takes to build a business, interviewing other working creatives, and figuring it out as we go right there with you. Check out our archives at lovebeingboss.com. Welcome to episode number 40. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Hey guys, today it is just Emily and myself, and today we're going to be chatting about life and feeling like a boss. So the other day I was talking to Tara, my business partner in Braid, and I was feeling a little bit disconnected to our money situation. So I asked her to show me what we had going on and she opened up our FreshBooks account and went to the dashboard and I could see really succinctly and easily the money going in and the money going out. I could see what we had billed and what clients had owed us. I could also see our expenses and our income. And it was cool because in the FreshBooks dashboard, it's compared month by month. So we could really start to see trends and we could say, oh yeah, we felt really busy that month, but we're not really getting the money until a couple months later. So that was really interesting. But then she also pulled up this FreshBooks report card, which you can only find in the bottom utility nav of FreshBooks. And if you click on report card, it will compare how you're doing to other creative entrepreneurs in your industry. So I thought that was really fascinating to see what other creatives are billing and how often they're collecting money. So that was really fun too. FreshBooks is the easy to use online cloud accounting designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs who did not major in financing. They are there to help you run your business and make you look like a pro while doing it. Try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and select being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, Emily. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's just us today. It is just us today. We, we, we interjected an extra episode into our calendar so we could hang out together. <laughs> well, it was more like we messed up our scheduling and instead of having to go in and fix every episode on our calendar, we decided to just throw in an extra episode. Yeah, that's how you fix things like a boss. (laughs) You work harder instead of working harder. We're literally too lazy to change (laughs) our calendar, so we decided to record an episode. Right. I, I like that. It fits well. I'm excited to catch up with you. What's been going on? I am too. Um, I've been a hermit lately, a little bit of a hermit, settling into my new house. Um, 
we are making ourselves leave the house occasionally, <laughs> which is just not a bad thing. We're going to go rock climbing tonight um, and been doing some just fun stuff around town. Um, oh, I, I quit Whole30. <gasps> How many days in were you? We were 18 days in and we quit. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> um... Oh, for a couple of really good reasons. Um, one of which, so I lost like 15 pounds this summer. Whoa. Yeah. Did like, you need to lose 15 pounds um, or were you feeling too skinny or? No, no. I I probably needed to lose probably about 10, 15-ish. Um, and so we started like road tripping was huge. Like Whenever you eat nuts and granola for 40 days, like, you just naturally lose a bit of weight. And we were drinking kombuchas, like, every day. Like, we were eating we were eating pretty good. Um, minus the fact that I literally ate french fries across the entire country, which is something that I will now brag about forever. Do you feel like a french fry connoisseur? I am a french. Like, that's actually my favorite food is french fries. So who has the best french fries? Oh, the best French fries I've ever had um, were at Nico's in Chicago, and they were uh, white truffle and Parmesan mm. fries. They were the best fries I've ever had, ever. Anyway, total French fry connoisseur. But anyway, so um, we, Whole30, back to Whole30, Kathleen. Um, we were about 18 days in, and we were sitting out on the front porch, because that's what we do every morning now. We were sitting on the front front porch and David talked me into quitting. And <laughs> part of that's because like I was like losing more weight to like I'd lost about five more pounds since starting Whole30. And like it was getting to a point where I was getting a little concerned. Um, but so was David. So David's already really thin. And like the trip out west made him lose about, I don't know, five, ten pounds, which David does not need to lose five, ten pounds. And then Whole30 was making him drop a couple of more, which is a little concerning. So we decided to um, to have pancakes. <laughs> Basically. Um, but anyway, so we, we stopped our, set, our third Whole30 a little over halfway through. We were both very, very comfortable with that decision. We still have yet to drink. We still haven't drank, which is a thing that you quit on Whole30, and um, we haven't really done much else, but David David needs to bulk back up a little bit, and I needed to stop losing weight, so um, so we, we cheated on Whole30, and so now I'm eating whatever I want again, which is fine. <laughs> you know, I found that after doing two Whole30s, now it's just about a little more about moderation. Like, I love the not having to decide Yes. Whether or not I'm going to be moderate. Yeah. I'm a much better abstainer than moderator. Mm -hmm. But now these days, I just can't feel bad for having a bowl of oats. I agree. Well, my thing was like lentils and rice and beans. Like I, I wasn't wanting to go out and have like a cheeseburger or anything. Like we have yet to eat gluten, which we've, we've been going pretty hardcore gluten-free for the past nine months, nine, 10 months or so. Um, we did our whole, like Indy goes west, like the whole trip was completely gluten-free. Um, and then whenever we were moving, we ate pizza a lot. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do Whole30 when we got back here was because we had glutened it up and we all felt horrible. Um, so we did Whole30 and then it was, it was rice and beans and lentils, like filling things that we were really missing. Um, so we just decided to stop. It was fun to get into the kitchen and like, and have those decisions made for you of what you can and can't eat, those sorts of things. Um, but third Whole30, about 20 days in, it wasn't the like, 
the rejuvenating experience that it used to be, I guess. And it was more of like, I'm mad and I just want to eat what I have in my cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's still really great. And like, I'll still like incorporate tons of it into my life. But, um, I think, I think that, or David has wholeheartedly told me he will never do it again. (laughs) He's, he's, he loves it. He loves Whole30. Um, but he's done it. He understands like what it has taught him, but he's hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was recently reading something that Melissa Hartwig wrote, and she was on Being Boss. You'll Mm -hmm. have to check out that episode. But she was writing something about how her um, business partner has done a couple of Whole30s, and that's all he needed. Yeah. And then done. Yeah. But how she kind of needs one every quarter or maybe a couple times a year to really restart. So I think it's just based on what you need. But um. I had a rejuvenating experience recently. I went to Colorado on a family oh, trip. Yeah. And it was it was hard because um I think I had asked in the Being Boss Facebook group if anyone had recommendations and people were like, You're gonna be here, there's a Being Boss group getting together and people wanting to meet for coffee and I had to just say no. So Good. I made it family only. I didn't even bring my laptop. My husband didn't bring his laptop, and the big thing was we were trying to decide whether or not to leave our baby at home with mm-hmm. my mom and dad or to take him. So we decided to take him, and all my friends were like, leave him home. You need to go have a good vacation by yourselves. But I'm so glad that we took him. Good. He was just fun to hang out with. But Colorado was fun. Colorado was a lot of fun. My favorite part was we went to the botanical gardens. Oh, yeah. And it was just so inspiring. I love shit like that, (laughs) which calling it shit just shows you how much I appreciate it. Um, We have here at the aquarium, they, um, they have a butterfly garden. And that is the one place that I can take Lily where she just chills out. And she will watch the butterflies and look at the plants. They also have like a family of mice that have moved in to the butterfly garden, which is hysterical. Um, so good. I'm glad that you found so much like happiness and inspiration yeah. at the botanical gardens. It was good. But um, I guess on the flip side of that, I realized that one thing I'm going to, well, there are a few things I want to talk about today. And one of them is feeling like a boss. And one of the things I realized I needed to do to feel like a boss was to get some help around my anxiety, which I didn't realize I had until I found myself in my midwife's office asking for a tubal ligation. And she was like, what's going on? And then I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I decided to get some help for my anxiety. And someone was just talking about this in the Facebook group. Like, what do you do whenever you're really feeling fear and anxious. And I had just listened to a podcast um, with Laura Tremaine, who is the Hollywood housewife. She um, has a regular podcast with a woman, I think named Megan. And the podcast is called Sorta Awesome. And um, I can't wait to catch up. I'm going to have to binge on all of the episodes. But I listened to their one on anxiety, which made me want to talk about this because it's something that I was probably feeling a little bit of shame or embarrassment around. I mean, we have a podcast called Being Boss. I need to be boss enough that I don't have anxiety or I need to be able to mindset my way out of this. So I was listening to her episode on anxiety and a lot of the things that they were saying really resonated. And I was like, oh, 
maybe I do have anxiety and maybe it's always been such a part of my life that I never recognized it as such. So since having um, the baby though, I think that that triggered a lot more anxiety. So I am now seeing a legit therapist, no more energy doctor. <laughs> like I'm getting real help. And so I feel really hopeful to see what aspects of anxiety have been in a way productive and made me who I am and have made me a boss and what I can use and harness and then what I can kind of let go of. Um, so I just want to say that if anyone needs help to get help. <laughs> Good. Oh, I agree. I, whenever you told me that the other day, I was, I was so excited for you because even like since having Fox and we talked about this before you had Fox, like, what was going to change because we've been having these conversations for years at this oh, point, yeah. literally years. And, um, and there's definitely been a huge shift in, in you, like both as becoming a mom, but also, I don't know, just sort of a deeper bit of angst and anxiety and like pressure going on in there. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you, um, you found a way for you to I'm not really cope and deal, but just live. No, that's exactly right. Cope. <laughs> We're going to cope with all but, this. Weirdness. Well, and I think it's a lot of things happen at the same time. I had a baby. I'm growing a business. It's It just started to feel like a lot of pressure. And, it's, and then it's stuff that I felt dumb or ungrateful for being stressed about. Like, I'm so lucky. People would kill to be in my position and I'm stressed about it. So I think that I was feeling some shame around my anxiety and that's kind of why I wasn't getting help for it. Anyway, um, I think it's also a normal thing to feel angst around having a baby and growing a business and being a creative entrepreneur. So, so then I was thinking about what are some things that I do that really help me feel boss, even whenever I'm a little shaken maybe, or whenever my confidence might be a little lacking. So for me, it always comes down to an awesome manicure. Like I know that sounds really <laughs> shallow. I love it when you get deep, Kathy. <laughs> love it. I agree though. I'm right there with you. That's one of those things like that is a level of being pampered and taken care of for something that's that's a little bit nonsense. Like a manicure is not going to help you type better. Actually, it's probably going to make you type worse <laughs> in all honesty. But it's one of those things, one of those like frivolous, just personal self-care indulgences that I agree. Like if you can splurge a bit and get a manicure and look a little more fantastic, then that makes me feel boss too. I feel you. And I mean, of course there are things like making bank and expanding my business or launching that make me feel boss. But all those things also bring on a little bit of anxiety for me. Yes. A so manicure I brings no anxiety. No anxiety. Simply bossness. <laughs> Unless the manicure cuts my cuticles and makes me bleed, which seems to happen almost every time. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, not to be like Debbie Downer about this. Just saying, there you go, Kat. So the last time I got a manicure, I said, do not cut my cuticles. Well, I hope just she cut them, them on purpose just for you telling her to not do that. 
I was like, don't, don't cut them. Just push them back. Oh, there is a, there is a comedy, like, little sketch thing by um, Angelina Johnson. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to go look it up. And it's like a, it's a manicurist comedy thing. And it is hysterical. Every time I think of getting a mani, you have to go watch it as soon as we're done. I'll send you a link. Um, It is hysterical. So go YouTube that, everyone. Enjoy, because you'll laugh. (laughs) So I asked our Facebook group, which now has over 4,000 bosses um, in it. It's almost 44. Like three oh days gosh. ago I looked at it and it was like, it was just hitting 42. And I looked at it yesterday and it was like 4380. Like in a couple of days we've added a couple more hundred and I'm like blown away. So it's growing exponentially. Yes. Huge. So I asked them what little things make them feel boss. And I just wanted to share what a few of them said. So Nina D said, killer heels and being physically fit. It's not exactly a tangible item, but knowing I've dominated my last boxing or strength session definitely makes me feel like a boss for the day. High five. Then I feel like an anti-boss the next day because I'm like achy and sore and I can't even laugh (laughs) without hurting. But yes, that day I don't I know for sure that working out, and that's, you know, no secret, has always been a big part of my day and something that I always schedule time for. Um, And I probably just take it for granted as part of what I do, unlike a manicure. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, What are some other things? Let's see. So, Brie, oh, I love this one. Brie Gore said earrings. So weird, but I can have all my makeup, hair, and clothes done to perfection, but as soon as I put on those dangly earrings, I'm a boss. I love that. I agree with that. I have been feeling a little weird about wearing earrings lately. Is that a really stupid thing to say out loud? I kind of feel it is. Like, I almost feel a little too dressed up these days when I wear earrings, which just goes to show how much of a hermit I've become since we moved in. Um, But earrings are are definitely like that finishing touch to me sometimes that like, put on your, your baubles, And bam, you're a boss. (laughs) (laughs) On a less girly note, Beth Alessi says, using quality tools makes me feel like a boss. I remember years ago, I was using a pirated copy of the Creative Suite and a laptop that was slowing down. Now I'm on the Creative Cloud and on an iMac and MacBook Pro synced with Dropbox, and it's a different life. Also investing in myself. I buy courses like the Brady course. Yay! Thanks, Beth. Books and apps that help me be better at what I do. Oh, and manicures help too. Smile emoticon. <laughs> there, are those, there are those manicures again. So tools are huge. And this is where, where Emily goes with her shameless plug. Because tools for me are absolutely massive. And I remember that like, well, I lied and got the, the student version of Creative Suite all those years ago when I was no longer a student and paid for that for a while. Um, and I remember upgrading to my first iMac too. Like I remember bringing home that box. It was like the best day ever. It was like the first big purchase that, that my business bought. Um, but tools are really important. So we just launched toolkits and talk about like feeling like a boss. And for me, a big recent one has been, has been hiring someone to help me put systems in place for Indie Boom so I can start stepping away from those projects a little bit to focus on some things that I want to do. Putting, putting some power behind your passion projects 
huge way to feel like a boss. Um, and we recently launched toolkits because I agree. I think to feel like a boss, you absolutely have to have the right tools. And so we created this fun little subscription service um, so that every two weeks you get a toolkit, which is a lesson, either video or audio. This uh, The first toolkit was a walkthrough of Google Analytics for small businesses and how those metrics can help their business, um, along with like worksheets and other resources. So tools for me are massive. I totally agree, Beth. And if you want to check out our toolkits, ndshopography.com slash toolkits is where you'll get all the goods to help you build a better online biz. Amen. <laughs> um, let's see. Jennifer Pilak? Pilak? Pilak. Jennifer says... Taking up space with my body, arms uncrossed, down, shoulders back, wider stance, and looking at people in the eyes with a huge grin. I love this so much. I do too, but I also kind of imagine walking into a room and seeing someone standing there like that, like just grinning at everybody who walks in. It's kind of hysterical to me. Um, but I agree. Okay, so I have this funny little story about like looking people in the eye that is really, really fun. And I don't think I've ever really told anyone this story. So here you go. Whenever I was in school and getting my geography degree, um, David and I went to Las Vegas for a geographer's conference. Talk about a nerd fest. <laughs> so we go to Vegas, of all places, to meet up with, like, thousands of geographers from all across the world. And David and I managed the reception desk for, like, two days during the conference. Um, and so, like, girl at a geography conference is rare. <laughs> like that's a, it's a really rare thing. And so I'm working the front desk. I'm literally checking in all of these men and like college boys, like checking in. And I've always had this thing about eye contact. I like watching people squirm a little bit, I guess is what it really is. But watching all of these little, little these boys and even like grown men squirm at the idea of like having a girl look them in the eyes while they ask them their name and like to get information from them was such a powerfully fun thing for me to do those couple of days. <laughs> so look That's people in the hilarious. eyes. It makes you feel like a boss. Yeah. Um, but I, there is a TED talk. We'll have to link to it in the show notes, but mm -hmm. it's all about the power of posture. I don't know what oh, the Oh, I watched that yeah. one. That's a good one. And so how actually, so this is kind of what I'm talking about, even though a manicure is superficial, by starting with stuff on the outside, like with changing your behavior first, you can change your mindset. Like your mindset will follow your behavior. So I think so often we think about it starts with your mindset and then your behavior follows. So if I can just get in a disciplined mindset, then I can have disciplined behavior. But sometimes it's about starting with the behavior. So by sitting up straight, by making eye contact, then your mindset will shift and you'll feel more confident. So we'll have to include a link to that TED Talk. Um, in our show notes, but I love that. Um, okay, so let's see what else. Oh, so Katie, oh, here's another little Ruiz. Katie Ruiz. 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 Oh, we need to work on some of these names, mm. Kathleen. Okay, so a clean car and an organized workstation. Amen to the clean car. <laughs> David has yet to like officially clean our car after our 40 day road trip, which I totally let him have it at about the other day. Um, but an organized workstation is one of mine. Like I, I do not have the cleanest desk in the world. 
But whenever I'm getting serious about business, when I'm ready to like be boss at like doing whatever it is, whether it's tackling my inbox or a new project, I have to clean my desk first. I'm all about the car thing. So Are that's you? actually a bigger purchase that I made recently. Mm-hmm. Well, th- around this time last year. Mm-hmm. No, was it two years ago? No, two years ago, I bought a new car. So I had been driving a old Scion XB. It was a 2004, like the first model. So that's that really boxy milk truck looking <laughs> car. <laughs> so I had one of those for 10 years. And it was fine. I mean, it was a great little car. It it will probably be running forever. But I had had a good year, and I really wanted a new car. And I, I had wanted a new car for about a year or two. And my husband is very practical and very rational and is not very vain. Like, definitely goes on far less vanity trips than I do. So I was like, I want a new car. And finally, I think I just warmed down. He's like, all right, let's go car shopping. Also, I was nine months pregnant. And, you know, like kind of that nesting phase. Like, I need a safe car for my baby. The XB would have been plenty safe. So I thought that I was going to get a Subaru Outback, like something real mom-ish. And I came home with a... (laughs) Mini Cooper. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, like, the car seat can still hardly fit in. Um, anyway, I love... I, every day I get in my car and I feel like a boss. So it wasn't, like, a purchase that I kind of got over three months later. Like, I still feel like a boss. And I spend about $30 once a quarter to go get it deep cleaned professionally. And it just makes me feel boss, I have to say. Awesome. Well, yeah. We um we recently went down to a one car family, which has been a fun adjustment. Um, but I'm ready to to invest in getting myself a car again. Before we left on our trip, um, we sold my Xterra. So I was in the same boat. Mine was in '03, um, and it was just old and it, a hoss. Like I always Xterras are cool. I, I didn't know that you had one. Oh yeah, it was orange too. Nice. So it was, I loved my car. We called it, or I called it the beast. Everyone else called it the pumpkin. Um, it was, it was like a tank. Like that, it was such a great car, but we sold it before we went on our trip as part of our like purging phase. Um, and so now being back in the city, like we have a one car again, or I guess not again. It's the only time we've ever had one car. Um, so I'm ready to like, be boss and get myself a new car soonish, sooner you, rather than later. What do you? Are you into cars? Like, what kind of car do you want? Oh, I used to be really hardcore. I used to be one of those nerds that literally at night I could see a car's headlights and tell you exactly what it was. Like that used to be me. Now I have no idea. I don't. <laughs> I don't have brain space for that anymore. But um, I, it's funny. So Mini Cooper was on my list for a really long time, and then whenever you got yours, I was like, shit. Now I can't get a Mini. Now Cooper. you. Have- have to get a mini cooper. But like I've also I think been talked out of it by a million different people. I know um, they get really mixed reviews. I have to say yeah. I would not have bought one if I didn't live within 10 miles of a mini cooper dealership. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out See, there. See that's messed up. <laughs> but no, so so mini cooper for a really long time has been on my list. Um but ne- God, I hate even saying this. David's a Subaru driver, and Subaru drivers are a different kind of people. 
<laughs> like there is a brand loyalty there that like makes my stomach hurt a little bit. Um, and David drank the Kool-Aid whenever we uh, lived in Boone or near Boone in North Carolina. Everyone had a Subaru and David got his Subaru then. It's, he's only had it three or four years. And um, I'm thinking about getting a Subaru. What kind? Like an Outback or a um, Forester? Like, are you guys I, just going to have two matching Subarus? No, no, no way. They're not that bad. Um, <laughs> okay, I, my parents have... Track. My parents have matching Honda Fits. <laughs> That's adorable. It's not. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I agree. No, we will not get matching cars. David I like those cross treks. Tara has a cross trek. Yeah, I remember talking to her about it while while we were there. David has a Forester, I think. Um, and I think I want a cross trek. Um what else have I thought about? For a really long time, I wanted an FJ Cruiser, but I think they stopped making those, and it's just too big. And also just the gas mileage. My, I kind yeah. of wanted a big beast of a car, and I just could not get past the gas mileage thing. It just feels irresponsible. That's one of the reasons why we got rid of our Xterra was because I would stopped driving it. Like, I literally hadn't driven it in, like, five years because... Well, no, actually, I had not driven it really since David had gotten his Subaru because the Subaru got such better gas mileage um, and was such e so much easier to get in and out of. I'm like, the Xterra was big <laughs> that we stopped driving it. Um, and so getting something small and fuel efficient for me is is more important now than I feel it's ever been. Look at me being a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people are really getting like the, here's what Emily and Kathleen actually talk about. <laughs> This is the kind of shit that we talk about. Okay, so anyway, cars are really boss. Or buying big purchases like that, especially like a car. I mean, shit, I just bought a house. And we got our deed the other day, and David was like, you know, this piece of paper proves that we own, like, the house that we live in, the property we're standing on. Like, that's it's definitely the biggest thing that we have ever purchased, and it makes me feel boss as fuck. <laughs> like, hands down, the most boss I've ever felt. So, like... I definitely think that that buying big things and then taking care of them, uh, this house, moving into it, we had to do some really nasty things, like to clean it up. We had to vacuum out the bottom of our freezer of like a really nice freezer, like stainless steel appliances that were just shit because they had not taken care of them. That's not very boss. Like taking or making big purchases and then investing your time and energy into them and taking care of things like having the clean car or just not making your freezer look like that. <laughs> Those are boss things like being proactive in your ongoing happiness and investments. <laughs> so Janine Elise said, hashtag bank account. <laughs> amen. Which, amen to that. <laughs> I felt so boss recently. Actually, on Friday, mm -hmm. we had a really good meeting with our sponsor, FreshBooks, yep. and just about continuing that relationship. And then there was a couple other things coming up, like the New Orleans trip. Mm -hmm. So that is coming up fast. And but then also, you know, business is picking back up for the fall and looking at my bank account. So we made a lot of money, too, for being boss mm -hmm. on Friday. We did. We made and a lot of money for being boss, which which really – let's talk about what that means. Because you and I have talk, both talked very seriously lately about what our ongoing roles with being boss is and the roles that our sponsors play in that. Um, so you want to talk about being boss, like – 
new revenue structures and sponsorship conversations and those things like coming out of something that you've built literally from nothing, like being ball started as an email, like 10 months ago or something. And a friendship, an email and a friendship. Right, exactly. <laughs> so like, so what sponsors are going to allow us to do is at least, it's at least right now have the conversation of what does it look like when we go being boss full time? Or as we start putting more of our energy into this, like what can we give the people who are our biggest fans um, and who support us in what we're doing? So that was, that was Friday may have been the most boss day of my life. (laughs) And it was super boss because we were having hard conversations too. Yeah. Well, hard conversations that weren't hard, which I think is That's true. an important thing to point out. Like we talk about having hard conversations all the time and how that is like one of the ways that you can be boss in your life and business is having conversations that people don't necessarily want to have. And as you do it, they start or they start not being hard. They stop being hard, I guess. So like we just yeah. talk about shit now. It's not hard to do. So we say no to a lot of sponsors. We Mm -hmm. say no to a lot of guests' requests. We say no to a lot of things. But we're also at the point where we need to say yes to some things for our hashtag bank account. And another thing that we've talked a lot about is that um, being bosses are side hustles. So a lot of you guys have side hustles. And it has become a side hustle that we're so passionate about and that we love doing so much that I think it's been proof for the both of us that the money follows whenever you're doing something that you love. Yes. Um, and I think that it's something that both of us would continue to do for free, honestly. Absolutely. So, um, but now that it is making money, it's like, how do we think about what if being boss becomes a full-time gig for us? And then our jobs with braid creative and indie shopography kind of become the side hustles or something that we rely on our team to continue to manage now that's not like in the near future for me i think or for you because our day jobs which are braid creative and indie shopography um i say day job i mean we own them but you know what i mean our main gigs um are definitely our bread and butter yes but anyway i think that bank account is just it's a huge way to feel boss um, whenever your metrics are good and whenever your metrics are high. I think it's also something that can make you feel not so boss whenever it's feeling a little low. So that's whenever you go out and get yourself a manicure. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, and I also like want to flip side that like being boss also often comes with like not really fraudy feelings, but like a gut check, I think. Um, so all the money that we made on Friday, which makes it sound so hysterically ridiculous, but, but really like it was, it was a big day for, for us to like be able to talk to to some sponsors and get some things laid out. Um, but I had to have a sincere gut check of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, like how do I actually feel about this? What does it mean? Um, and we talked in our episode, our last episode with Paul Jarvis about how, you know, money and impact or, you know, especially money and energy being the same thing. And I don't know, metrics, metrics can be scary. You just have to make sure that you put them in the right perspective. Wait, so what were some of your fears around after what happened Friday? Like what, how did that, what, tell me more about the gut check. 
Did you sure. feel guilty or did you oh, feel... Oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. That, well, I did. <laughs> I did a little bit. And mostly because I love doing this so much. Like, right. how can you It actually, feels easy. Yes. It feels a little easy. And it's not. Like, you know, we looked at, like, how much time we're spending. Of course. Like, this is not something that we just sort of, like, we speak and then things fall out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But but it, it was a sincere amount of guilt around how, around how comparably easy it is is and easy because I love it so much um and you know do we deserve to get paid and of course we do and that's just sort of the gut check I had to have um but it's still a hard conversation to have with yourself sometimes totally I think the gut check that I had to have is where is my attention and so um Yes. Being placed. And so not feeling guilty towards my other roles and responsibilities in Braid Creative. And one thing that I've been talking about recently on Being Boss leading up until now is another side project that I had been working on. Mm -hmm. And that ended up, I decided that I couldn't do it anymore. I was just spread thin. And I think especially after talking to Jason Zook, and Brian Clark of Copy Blogger and people saying yes. that you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. I had this dream of becoming a portfolio entrepreneur and expanding whenever really the side project that I was working on, I was excited about it, but ultimately um, it was making me do none of my jobs very well <laughs> because I was just a little spread thin. So I think that um, whenever I saw being boss doing really well, I was like, okay, I need to make sure that this isn't a distraction from how I get paid or that it's not going to create any sort of hard feelings. And so those are conversations that we had too. Like what if being boss became the main thing? What does that mean for our other businesses? And that's something that I think we're still living in that question a little bit, but that we're definitely exploring. And I think that's part of being boss is, um, understanding like getting clear around what you're doing and why you're doing it and for me um i just lost my train of thought <laughs> well for <laughs> good well <laughs> for you i think one of the things that i noticed a lot was that 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 other project it wasn't feeding you it was draining you like every time we spoke about it you never spoke about it with the same excitement that you speak about braid or being boss um, and I also love that whenever you let that go, it was filled up by being boss very quickly and easily, <laughs> which, which I hope for you was just confirmation that the decision that you made was not a bad one. Um, because I mean, I can even tell like you got today's agenda done hours earlier <laughs> than usual. <laughs> But it's still like 10 minutes before we actually started. Well, true. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was still here. But, but here's what it was. There was some energy around it. It didn't feel forced. It was like, hey, this is a natural conversation that we need to be having about yes. feeling boss. I agree. Well, and a note on that energy too. I, as we got on today, especially after after Friday and the chats that we had this weekend and just like. I don't know, just continuing the conversation. Like, I woke up today more ready than ever to record this episode. And this is the first of three episodes we're recording this week. Like, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other this week. But it's yeah. still, like, I feel more energy around it, too. And I think that's, 
I don't know, I enjoy recognizing that and hopefully understanding that that means really good things. I know, and I feel like we're doing a lot of talking about ourselves, which is part of a podcast, but... (laughs) Today you guys get us. (laughs) I think what I want people to see is that we struggle with side projects and distraction and not feeling boss, but then also... um, being proud of our accomplishments, I think, is part of being boss. And so I think that's what we're doing here a little bit is acknowledging the stuff that's going well and where we feel energy. And for me, that side project that ultimately didn't work out for me, um, I think what it did is it did give me some good perspective on where I do need to focus my energy and what to say yes to and what to say no to. Because I think for a while I just felt really confused around what I was passionate about. And there were some things that aligned that made it feel like the universe was bringing me this side project and I should say yes. So I I don't regret saying yes to it, but I wish I would have handled it better. And that's all part of being bosses learning some hard, hard lessons. <laughs> so Aww. some other bosses in the Facebook group, I mean, we got over a hundred comments, like maybe 120 comments on this post asking what makes you feel boss. And so lots of other bosses said lipstick, which you and I are both fans of. Yeah. Um, coffee. So, which is so true. I always feel boss whenever I'm holding a cup of coffee. Really? That's yes. Weird. There's something about it. <laughs> Like, especially walking into a meeting with my to-go cup of coffee, I just feel boss. Um, And then fresh notebooks and a good pen. So, again, that's like good physical tools make people feel boss. All right. So, what makes you feel boss? Oh, a good night's sleep. That always makes – and this is also coming after a very not good night's sleep. So, I sat down to write that down. I was like, you know what makes me feel boss? Sleep. Um, <laughs> I said it in anger, but really for me, and I talk about it all the time, um, I need sleep more so than most people. Um, so for me, a really good night's rest, um, a really great meal. So I love either being able to go out and just sort of eat really good food and drink some good wine or to buy some really good food, hashtag Whole Foods. And and coming home and cooking it, which is something that I sincerely enjoy doing. So for me, for me, enjoying a really good meal with people that I love or oh, definitely not or, but <laughs> with people that I love or like cooking it myself um, makes me feel really boss. And then also a really bitchin' pair of boots because... That's a lot God. of people said that in the Facebook group. Yeah, I would stomp boots. around all day long. I feel boss in some boots. Yeah. Which means that fall is coming up, and I love my wardrobe in the fall much more than summer. I just like not feeling like a sweaty person all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, some leggings and boots. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about how... How you can feel like a boss when it comes to your employees. Okay, so recently I had a friend and she was like, I would love it if you guys would talk about actually being a boss on being boss. (laughs) So being a boss of other employees. And I know that that's something that can be um, really tricky or sensitive or... I don't know. So, like, I wanted to talk a little bit about hiring processes Mm -hmm. and... I just wanted to say, like, a big shift in my business recently was hiring 
our assistant Caitlin. Who is fantastic, by the way. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love her. But the way that I found her was literally doing an Instagram post. And she's not technically an official virtual assistant. So, like, we're her first kind of client that she does assisting for. So what I love about it, though, is that she had a lot of skill sets, and I literally just liked her email. So whenever I'm hiring employees, I'm looking for a mix of they can write a good email, they have the skill set, but then also there's a personality click there. Sure. So mine, one of the one of my favorite ways to hire employees um, is to do like an internship test first, especially whenever you are working remote. Um, which I think most bosses would be. One of the things that I have found is really, really helpful in hiring people, especially if you're really wanting to make them a part of your team, like if you are going to pay them as an employee, um, is to do an internship um, phase for everyone. A couple weeks, um, a couple of months, maybe three, three months or so, um, just to try it out so that there's clear expectations of of this is just going to be to try it out, see how things mesh, because the team dynamic, especially whenever you're, actually no, it's not especially when you're working remote, it's remote or like face-to-face -face or in-person. Team dynamic is everything, and I think that you can only test that out sometimes. You can't just know by by having a couple of interviews with someone if that's going to work out well. Um, that's something that I've been doing in my business for a while, and I very much so enjoy that process. Of so... Speaking of team dynamic, sorry, I'm just going to jump in a little bit, but how do you balance being friendly but not being friends? That is, okay, so I learned this lesson really hard about 10 years ago. So my first business, my tanning salon, I hired friends of mine to help me, um, to help me run it, and they ended up stealing a bunch of shit from me, <laughs> yep, from under my nose, and I learned then to never hire friends, obviously, bad idea. Um, but it also it also made me really distant from any like future employees that I had for a really, really long time. So there has to be a very, very careful balance there of being friendly, but not necessarily being friends to some point. Um, yeah. And I like to juxtapose that with, it's not about building friendships, which a lot of times can be very can still be very independent from each other. Like you're friends and you're not really counting on each other for things sometimes. One of the ways that I like to balance that is really, I think of my team as my family in a lot of ways. Like I was actually just this morning having a phone call with Val Geisler. I hired her to help us put some processes in place, um, especially since we've all went remote. And that's one of the things that we talked about was how these processes have changed not even our team dynamic, but our family dynamic. And I know that you you obviously feel the same way. Your family is your team. Like you are partners right. with your sisters. And Liz is really, really close to you. So yeah. um I think I think it's not about being friends. I think it's building a very codependent relationship with your team that makes you feel a lot more like family than you do friends. Um, because then you count on each other so much more. And there's, I don't know, there can be less drama. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I have mixed feelings about that. I think I'm gonna have to think on that one a little bit. But Th there we go. There goes episode number two. <laughs> <laughs> based on employees. And, and I know. I think we'll have to do a whole episode on employees. But so I did hire 
my best friend who does almost feel like a sister. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're obviously friends and we're friendly, but we are really good. I think whenever it works, it works. And whenever it doesn't, it doesn't. So I'm always really open with her and careful that um, like if she wants to leave, that that's going to be separate from our friendship. But there is something about proximity that I think allows us to be better friends because we work together. I think whenever you're in the trenches with someone, it's hard to not become friends. And some of my sister's Mm -hmm. best friendships come from people that she used to work with. And, um, anyway, I, it's, it's complicated. I think whenever you're a creative entrepreneur, having the friendly, but not friends boundary, but I would say like with our assistant, Caitlin, I definitely feel friendly, but we're not friends. That might change after Nola because she's staying in a room with us. We might feel more like friends after that. But I think it's just acknowledging that there's a balance. And so this is whenever it comes to kind of having to discipline your team without apologizing or feeling funny about it. That's what's really hard whenever it comes to that friend boundary. Sure. Well, see, and that's that I feel is when it's easier to think of them as family, because it's a lot easier for you to put your foot down whenever it comes to your children. (laughs) Not that I see my team as my children in any way, but sometimes it's a lot easier to assert yourself with people that you consider family than it can be with people that you consider even being vague friends. Um, Because that is a definite hard part is, you know, being friends with someone Um, And then having to tell them that they're doing something wrong or that you don't approve of something they're doing or that something needs to change um, can can be really hard. And it is. It's just it's a weird balancing act. Um, And it's something that literally just takes practice. This is one of the reasons why I know that that tanning salon was part of my path to get where I am now, because the issues that I had to deal with with employees then trained me very well for being able to create the team that I have now. And I think it's just a huge part of being boss when it comes to employees is giving good guidance and setting expectations from the get-go. And this includes with your clients, too. There is nothing more boss than being a leader. And I think that bosses are afraid of micromanaging or feeling inflexible, but there's a difference. And... I think that as much as you can set up guidance and expectations from the beginning, you're going to not have to deal with as much funny feelings down the road when it comes to having those hard conversations. I agree. I think I think a lot of the things that we've been talking about today in terms of being boss and and those hard conversations and making decisions, like a lot of what we talk about every day, um, really revolves around setting clear expectations for yourself and for others, like the people around you who are going to help you reach your goals, um, or with your clients who also help you reach your goals. Um, expectations are everything. I actually had to have this conversation with David yesterday. We were working with getting a client to pay us. And uh, it's not like a bad situation or anything, but he was just, he'd send them an email that said ASAP. And I was like, absolutely not. You never say ASAP. That is not a clear expectation. Like you set dates and you give people expectations, (laughs) guidelines, and boundaries that they can, they can, um, you know, ask for movement on or something, but you set the expectation because it is your job as a leader and as someone who's being hired to do something to set those expectations and make people follow them. (laughs) It'll work. (laughs) 
All right, so let's go back to some more shallow boss things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll do an episode on employees sometime. But I'm curious what makes what music makes you feel boss, or like what do you listen to while you're working? Um, I listen to all kinds of ridiculous, and not ridiculous, but all kinds of different things. So, um, on a, on a general day to day, I love Spotify, and I love some of their little channels that they have, and I'll flip through like you know today's. There's like a happy hipster playlist that's not horrible. (laughs) Um, There's a couple of fun things, and I have a couple of my own. Um, But whenever I'm really like needing to get down and do something, I'm actually having a really hard time getting a brand out for like a Florence local business. Um, And I was telling the team about last night because they were asking me how that was going, and I was like, "It's horrible. (laughs) I can't get it done." And Corey was like, "You need to go listen to some Eminem." And it made me laugh because he's probably totally right. Whenever whenever I'm, like, really sitting down to code something or having a hard time with some really bad creative block, some, like, early 2000s, like, Eminem and 50 Cent and some ridiculous shit like that really gets me going in a good kind of way. Um, but I also really love some, like, club dance music when I'm just trying to, like, hype myself up. One of my current favorites is um, Global Concepts by Robert DeLong. You have to go check it out. I'll really check that out. It's one of my favorite songs right now. So I love just getting on Vivo and <laughs> watching videos. Right. <laughs> so this is what I do whenever I procrastinate. I watch Rihanna videos. I watch Pink videos. Yes, and Beyonce. I watch Beyonce, of right. course. <laughs> I just watch. So, and then even yesterday I watched this Justin Bieber what do you mean video, which was the most insane, sexist, weird video I've ever seen. (laughs) But then I followed, I quickly redeemed that by watching Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money. Yep. So good. (laughs) Um, But whenever it comes to just putting on some music, whether it's working or dinner or whatever, my favorite is my friend Jessica Blackstock is a DJ and she has a playlist on Spotify that she updates every Monday, but it just builds on itself. So now it's a really big playlist and she adds, I think, four or five songs every Monday and it is so good. I find so much new music through it and it's a good mix. So, um, I think on Spotify, she's JJB stock, but I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes, but her playlist is awesome. It's called your week curated by JJB stock. Anyway, I really love that. And it makes me feel boss usually. All right. What TV shows make you feel boss? I like watching Shark Tank and the profit because I'm a business nerd. (laughs) David and I watch those religiously. Like we have them. We have, um, like Hulu. Actually, we just got, we just got like Chattanooga, like internet TV, which is the most magnificent thing. I literally currently live in the place in the country that has the fastest internet. Nice. Which is amazing. But, um, so I guess now we're DVRing them, which is really hard for me to function. Um, but Shark Tank and The Prophet are the two shows that we watch super religiously. And it's probably the only thing that we really stay super up to date with. Love them. I've been super into comedy lately. You like to laugh? I like to laugh. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> what have you been watching? Uh, so I actually watched Tignataro's Hour, like a sort yeah. of a comedy hour, and it was so good. And then I watched the documentary on her. 
I think the documentary is on Netflix and it was also so good. But, um, yeah, like even Portlandia oh, or the Mindy yes, Project. Seen a couple of those. Lately, I'm just super into the funny stuff. And so that doesn't necessarily make me feel boss, but it just reminds me to bring a certain amount of levity into my life and work. I, with that, I need to interject probably. When I can't even think, believe I didn't think about this, but something it doesn't again doesn't make me feel boss, but it inspires me to want to be more boss is RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I love you, or RuPaul's Drag Race so much. And have you ever seen it? No. Okay, think America's Next Top Model, but with drag queens. Love it. It's it's magnificent, and like it's better than America's Next Top Model, and I love America's Next Top Model. Did I ever tell you that I auditioned for America's Next Top Model? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we should we should do like an extra special mini so that's just you telling that story about you auditioning for that. Um, but but Drag Race is actually probably less about the drama and more about the competition than America's Next Top Model is, which is hysterical because you would think it'd be the other way around. Um, but RuPaul is such a boss. Like, okay, putting this into the universe, I want RuPaul on being boss. Like, I want that to happen someday. Um, because the, I don't know, just the energy and purpose that she has for making a place in the world for drag queens and that whole community makes me super super happy it makes me want to be that boss too i love it i feel like even some of my clients who have gone through the braid method we always ask them what experts inspire them and we've had a couple of rupaul's rupaul is magnificent all right absolutely magnificent that's what i i will procrastinate today not by watching weird justin bieber <laughs> videos but by watching rupaul <laughs> Um, what drink makes you feel boss? Um, I put water. That's lame. <laughs> okay, so here is my thing. My thing with water. In that, if I can be boss enough to just drink the thing that is, like, so necessary for me, then, like, I, okay, you feel boss walking into a meeting with, like, your, your Starbucks cup. Mm-hmm. I feel boss walking in with, like, a big old jug of water because I'm going to be hydrated as hell today. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> And maybe that's just some really pretentious Emily shit. But I really like um, drinking a lot of water makes me feel boss. But also, on the flip side of that, I also know my gin pretty well. So I love being able to walk into a place, see what gin they have on their shelves, and very knowledgeably being able to pick out what I want in my gin and tonic. Mm. So mine is, on that note, draft beer. I feel kind of boss whenever I can look at what's on tap. And then choose my favorite. What is your favorite? I mean, usually I will drink whatever's local. Good. So if I'm traveling, I want to drink what's local. And I like a good um, IPA. Sometimes they can get a little hoppy or taste like earwax a little bit. (laughs) See, words like that are why I don't drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I feel you. I had a really good pumpkin ale the other day. So oh. seasonal, like what's in season. Yeah. Or what's local or what's kind of hard to get. Yeah, so that's I just as pretentious some, as my water. I mean, 
Yeah. Basically. <laughs> no, much. I think I think that is good. One of the things that I love about the beer culture is the localness of it and that as you're traveling, you're feeding a local economy, which I think is really rad. And I love the idea of seasonality and, and supporting, I don't know, supporting businesses who... I don't know, think on those terms. And beer is a place that it's really easy and, and beneficial to do that. So you drink your earwax. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink my gin and water. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anything else? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. Can, can we give them a last message? I feel like we just talked a bunch of stuff today. <laughs> So, like, I, I think, like, the overarching theme here was feel like a boss. Like, Kathleen and I don't always feel like a boss. Like, there are plenty of days that we get on these Skype calls and we're like, what are we talking about today? Let's, like, fake it till you make it. Like, what do we need to do to be here? But as you cultivate many of those days, they turn into days where you're just like, you know what? We are boss. And again, I think that sometimes um, mindset follows behavior Mm -hmm. and it's not that you have to wait to get into the right mindset to behave like a boss. So you can behave like a boss, even if you're not feeling like a boss, whether that's painting your nails or getting on a Skype call, even if you don't want to, you just got to keep going. You do. And I think, I think one of the most important pieces is thinking about what makes you feel like a boss. Like we've given you tons of ideas. I like to get good sleep and to eat good meals. Kathleen loves a clean car, which is just fantastic. Um, so start thinking about what it is in your life that makes you feel like a boss. Is it like writing in the morning or is it putting on your lipstick and bitch boots? Um, so think about what it is for you and go be boss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on our website, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Did you like this episode? Head on over to our Facebook group by searching Being Boss in Facebook to join in on the conversation with other bosses or share it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. I completely agree. So some of mine. <laughs> I okay, wait. Why? I have to pee so bad. I'm about to die. <laughs> Go pee. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> dance, dance. Oh my god! I <laughs> I thought I was gonna pee myself whenever I stood up off the bed, <laughs> which I'm recording on because it's the most soundproof place in my house. We need to work on our kegels. Oh, man. <laughs> we're going to work on those together. We're going to do, like, a pre-podcast recording kegel exercise from now on. Can we do that? <laughs> or, like, every time you say amen, kegels. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. I'm going to stop saying amen if I know you're doing oh. your kegels every time I do it. <laughs> <laughs>
Jeez. Oh, sorry, okay. Corey. We're always talking about embarrassing stuff. I know. Corey knows out. more about us than he ever wishes he did. 